Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. You guys look like an amazing uh, group of folks here this morning. So uh, Luke chapter 2, we might go there a little bit. That's really where we kind of get the Christmas story. And this year, uh, pastors all over the world are focusing on the Christmas story because this is Christmas time for us traditionally. And, you know, we've been in a series called Christmas Questions. We've been kind of looking at different questions that we all get at Christmas time. And uh, trying to bring some kind of relative point to us, like what can we find out of God's word that really speaks to us from this? Let's say our declaration real quick. Uh, if this is uh, something that you're new to us today, this, this will be new. We do this every week. Uh, this is our declaration for 2020, and we will be doing a new one in January as we start into a new year as God is speaking to us. But for right now, let's do this. Are we ready? Here we go. God designed me to be fruitful, and I choose to partner with His original plan for my life. Amen. I hope you're bearing fruit. So anyway, in this series called Christmas Questions, we've looked at questions like, um, have you done all your decorating? That's a message last week of being prepared, and we talked about being prepared for Jesus uh, second coming, Satan's next attack, and your next season. Are you ready? There, there, that as Christians, we should have a plan in place to operate in a place of readiness. First week, we talked about uh, one of the questions we get a lot of times is, uh, are you going to see your family? Are you traveling? Are you going out of town? And we talked a lot about family, and I was super excited about some of you guys coming back and telling me that you actually went and lived the activation out that we kind of do at the end of every message. And God brought some forgiveness to you and your family and relationships that had not been going well for years. God began to do that for you. And one phone call of forgiveness led to two phone calls to led to three phone calls. And you know, it's a beautiful thing when you see God's word. And really every week, that's really what we should be doing. We should be going, all right, listen, if the guy up there or the, the, the woman up there who's leading us and teaching us, if I can't take this out and apply it right then to my life, then like really, why are we here? I mean, we're wasting our time. But God's word, the scripture says that God's word is profitable, meaning that it is, uh, it's purposeful for doing all of these things. It's good for instruction, correction, reproof. It's good for all of these different things so that today when you leave, hopefully you'll be able to take this message and you'll be able to do something with it. So today, the question that I get a lot from my kids, used to got it from them when they were smaller, and it was always, Daddy, can we open a present? Anybody ever get that question from your kids, or is it just Shay and me? Like, they always want to open presents before Christmas morning. And like for me, uh, when I was growing up, we didn't get to open presents until Christmas morning. 
And a lot of times it's because you didn't have a whole lot of presents, so you wanted to save them until Christmas morning. You know what I'm saying? But my kids always wanted to know, Daddy, can we open a present? And this would, they had start this like two, three days before Christmas time. And so we had a tradition in our house that uh, we can, we'll open a present. Now, Shay lets them go crazy with it. You know, she'd have every present under the tree unwrapped before Christmas morning. But, you know, we would have this little thing where, you know, you can open one today and then maybe one tomorrow and then you save your, your stuff for Christmas morning. That's how we did it anyway. I don't know how you do it. But if I'm, I, I probably can imagine by the show of your hands that you probably get, if you got little ones or got grandkids, you want, they want to open presents early. And they want to come, usually they'll come to the parent that's the, that's the, uh, the most pliable. You know what I'm saying? Like the pushover parent. You know, so they would, they, they normally will come to me for stuff like that. Daddy, can we open a present? Uh, you know, and I'm just telling you, man, if we take that one question and apply it in a supernatural uh, relationship way to our God, and if we say, Daddy, Abba, can I open a present? I'm telling you what, he's the kind of daddy that open them all. You know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want, he, he's the kind of, of, of father that wants us to open everything. And so today, I just really want to spend some time talking to you about this, that our God, he's a gracious gift giver. Like our father, he is a gracious gift giver. And I don't mean that he's extravagant in his gifts, which that's true. But I'm talking about the gifts that he gives are gracious gifts. They're gifts of grace. Like in the middle of your life, man, when you can't understand how all hell is breaking loose, but you just feel this overwhelming peace. Well, that's the grace of God that moves into your life. And he begins to give you this overwhelming sense of peace that you don't know how you can be peaceful in, in, in the turmoil that you're going through. How... He's such a gracious gift giver. Like, you have those times in your life when it's like God comes through at the last minute. When you've exhausted all of your means. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've gone to everybody. And then it seems like it's not going to work out. But Daddy God steps in at the last moment with the answer to prayer. I've seen him do that with Shay and I, with financial miracles in our life. I've seen him do that with physical miracles in our life. He is a gracious gift giver. You know, I, I, I was thinking today, Pastor uh, Greg said that... Um, He's like, do you have your little blanket to put on your legs while you're going to sit in the chair? And uh, I said, you know, listen, don't mess with me while I'm trying to get my Fred Rogers on. You know, I'm like, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, dude. And, you know, as I was thinking about today, our God is a gracious gift giver. I was just thinking about this. So what kind of gifts does God give? Now, today is not like some exhaustive list of Gifts because, I mean, you can make this long list of gifts that you could come up with. But, like, just pretend with me that this gift represents God's gift to us. Now, if this, I, I soup this up for you guys. But God's gift really wouldn't come all flashy like this. 
Because Jesus would just come in, wrapped in a brown, uh, wrapped in a plain brown paper bag, a box with no wrapping or bows, because he came not as a priest or king in some palace somewhere, but he literally came in a stable, in a place where they feed the the animals out of. That's the wrapping that he came in, in a place you wouldn't expect it. But for the sake of Christmas, I wrapped it up for us. And, you know, so, so let's, let's just imagine that this is, you know, this is ours. It's to sons and daughters from Abba, our daddy. And let's just imagine that this gift is his gift to us. All right? So if I were to pull this out of here, and this represents one of the gifts... So this gift would be Jesus. So what does God give us? He gives us Jesus. John 3.16 says that God showed his love for us like this. He loved the world because he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. Romans 3.23 says, the free gift of God is eternal life. So, eternal life only comes through Jesus. So, if you're here today, the only path to eternal life for you is accepting Jesus as Savior. And you know, I talked with you in the kind of early moments of our service, and it was talking about Jesus as Savior Lord and King. Some people live their whole life with Jesus as just their Savior. Like they're going to make it to heaven. But they're going to make it to heaven um, and never know the joy of just giving God everything you have. I'm telling you what, man, it is an amazing uh, relationship when you get to that place where you don't own your bank account anymore. Like you don't own your house. All of a sudden, your house is nothing but a ministry tool. You don't own your car because if you want to, like if you need to, if you have to, if you desire to, you can give that car away to somebody. Pastor Ripe, I still got payments to make. When your heart gets to the place you want to give stuff away, God will take care of your payments. And he'll, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I don't ever preach anything that I have not lived out unless I tell you. I've gotten to the place where I've given away several cars because that's my heart. Now, y'all don't come up to me, Pastor Rife, I I, want to get on your car list. (laughs) (laughs) But some people only live with him at the Savior level. They never get to that lordship level where he is literally Lord of everything. I'm telling you what, man. If you give the Lord your house, he'll make it a ministry center. He will. If you give your, uh, the Lord your life, are you following me? A lot of people think they give their life to the Lord. We use a lot of terminology that sometimes gets all garbledy and mixed up. A lot of people think they give their life to the Lord. Well, if you give your life to the Lord, that's not the same as salvation. You're accepting a free gift. 
That's what salvation is, and that's what Savior is. But when you give your life to the Lord, you give your life. You lay it down. It's not yours anymore. So if the Lord says, go here, you go there. If the Lord says, do this, you do that. If the Lord says, speak to this lady in the grocery store, you do this. If the Lord says, take your shoes off and give it to that person, you take your shoes off. Because he's Lord of everything. And it really is a beautiful place when you get to in your relationship with God. And then there's that place of kingship where now I don't just take uh, directives and God just speak to me to do things. I now am on mission. And now I'm not... uh, Now this sounds spiritual and it may rub some people's theology the wrong way. But now I don't get up every day and I don't... Uh, go like, okay, okay, God, tell me what to do. No, you, you tell what God what to do. <laughs> y'all, y'all ain't hearing me. You tell God what to do. Why? Because he's, he, when he's king, you are living now with an assignment, a kingdom assignment. And daddy God is like, what you going to do today? I think I'm just going to go out and heal some folks, Lord. I think I'm just going to go out and prophesy to some people, Lord. You go ahead on, big boy. That's what God said. You know, and, and God wants to know, what are you going to do? God partners with us. So who is he? is he? Is he Jesus Savior, Jesus Lord, or Jesus King? But when he gives us this gift... You know, the, the thing about this gift that, that, that is so cool, it's like, oh, wow. So I thought Jesus was the gift, but what? So Je- you mean Jesus, is, there's, there's stuff in here. He gives us Holy Spirit. Look at what John 14 says. This gift is the Holy Spirit who leads us in all truth. Now, don't y'all wish the United States of America was being led in truth right now? Don't you wish that we were being spirit-led instead of politically led? Don't you wish that we were being spirit-led to guide us into truth? Somebody was telling me something yesterday about uh, the vaccination and all this stuff, and I'm like, Man, I, I, I don't believe that. I don't even know what to believe. If it's coming out of the media's life, they lying if they're looking at you. They're lying if they're talking to you. I'm like, I don't know what to believe. They've ruined their credibility. So for me, I'm like, I don't know if that is true or not. I'm just going to let Holy Spirit reveal to me what is truth. And hopefully evidence will come out later, you know, on vaccines or all kinds of stuff. But he's the one who leads into all truth. Look at the next part. The world cannot receive him. Think about that. The world cannot receive Holy Spirit because it isn't looking for him. If you're not looking for a gift... I'm telling you what, there are people, they're not looking for gifts. Y'all, we pray a little prayer around here sometimes, and uh, y'all have probably heard us say it. Lord, 
I'm looking for checks in the mail. The, yesterday, I pulled up to the mailbox and Shay said, see if there's any money in it. Because we believe in that. I'm looking for checks in the mail, promotions, increase. I'm looking for it. And we have seen that this year. Money has come looking for us. It's crazy. But if you're not looking for it, you can't receive it. The same way with Holy Spirit, the scripture says, the world can't receive him because the world's not, not looking for him. And it doesn't recognize Holy Spirit. But you know him because he lives in you. And not only does he live with you, but later he's going to be in you. So like, like this gift is like now and later. You get some now and you get some later. And we're living in a time period where we already live in the later. What he was talking about here, John was talking about, was Holy Spirit will live. He's with you, but later he's going to be in you. And that's where we get Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, where we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us and, and we are empowered. So he's in us and he's with us. And this gift of Holy Spirit and this gift of Jesus are God's gifts to us. But now, let me kind of get back to where I was when I got ahead of myself a while ago. But there's something about these gifts that these gifts keep giving. And so, like, here, Jesus, what does Jesus give us? He gives us the church. I want you to listen to this. In Matthew chapter 16, this is what Jesus says to Peter. He says, now, Peter, I say to you that you're the rock. And upon that rock, your faith, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus gave us the church. Now, I'm like, is there another one in here? Because, like... What if I don't like this one? Like, can I have a couple of those in case I don't like the one I'm at now? You know, my, um, I had an aunt. She's already in heaven now. But she was a self-professed church hopper. She was proud of it. I don't know why. But she, I remember her saying that before I ever even knew what that meant. But she was proud that she was a church hopper. And, you know... Jesus gave us the church. And many of us, it's like, we're at a time now, man, where COVID, how it has affected church and affected church attendance and everything. And I mean, no offense to anyone who's watching online. I get that. Um, but we were listening to some statistics the other day in our pastor's group and they were saying, like, after COVID, it's something like one in five churches uh, will close. So one in five churches, 20% of churches will close due to COVID. Not because it wiped the people out and killed them, but because people just stopped coming. In the Hispanic community, the pastor said, it's one in three churches in the Hispanic community. 
What happened? What happened? When people get to the belief that churches are non-essential. Churches don't matter. Like, can I tell you when Jesus said, I gave you the church. Well, you know, shouldn't I, I would think that this wouldn't be a bunch of little people. It would be, uh, you know, that it would be a building. But, you know, right here on the back of this thing, it says, no, it's this, it says true church. Model original, 1 BC, building not necessary. You don't need a building because it's the people. It, it really is. The, the church is the people. It's when we come together. But I'm telling you what, there's something. When you come together, you got you to gotta meet somewhere. Are we going to your house, Quentin? <laughs> Sierra ain't going to let all us track up in her, her house. It's not big enough. So there's, you see what I'm saying? Church can be in a house, a cafe, a, a, a park. A building, all of that's non-essential. It doesn't matter. What is essential is the people of God coming together and prophesying over one another and encouraging one another. And the scripture says that we should never forsake the gathering together of the saints, the gathering together of the people because that's the church. And look at, look at what it says right here. It says that he also gives us the keys. So in here somewhere there's some keys. Like, what, what is this for? Look at this. Jesus said, I'll give you the very next verse after he says he gives us the church is, he says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Dude, I'm telling you what, that is a powerful. When, when, we, when we start realizing that you and I have the keys to the kingdom and we walk in authority, like, I don't know about you. Y'all know I couldn't stay in that chair long, right? I don't know about you, but the guy who carries the keys has some authority. He has authority to open stuff and he has authority to lock stuff. And when somebody has the keys to the kingdom, now if you gave me the keys to the shed outside back of Alan's house, you know, that's just the keys to the shed outside the back of his house. I don't know what's in there. But these aren't any keys. These are keys to the kingdom. And he says, whatever you use these keys to bind on earth, there's somebody up in heaven going, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I just heard Rife bind something. And so we're going to bind that right up here in heaven. And whenever we lose something, Lord, I loose. I loose into the earth. Hang on. They loosen something down there. And there's an angel in heaven that is loosing whatever. And... There are times where I'm just telling you, you and I need to walk with the authority, with the keys to the kingdom. There are some things in my family. Listen to me. There are some things in my family that I have said, not in our house, devil. Not in our house, devil. 
But Pastor Rife, I'm in a situation right now, and that's easy for you to stand up on that stage and say, listen, what did I say a few minutes ago? I don't stand up here and preach stuff that I have not lived. I have looked sickness in the face at my house and said, not here. Not in my house. Do we get sick? Yes, Shay and I get sick. But I'm telling you what, we are not going to walk in chronic sickness. If you're here and that's something that you're battling with, I'm telling you what, do not let the enemy place that in your head that that's the rest of your life. That is a lie and the enemy just, what does he want you to do? He just wants you to put the keys down. There are t- uh, there's some other situations that I can't go into uh, in mine and Shay's family that within the past several weeks, that we had found out, you know, some history and different things in our families. And it's like, mm-mm, not here. Not here. No, that, there might be some history there, but not, not here. I, what am I doing? I'm taking the authority and I'm locking that. Not here. As I lock it and bind it on earth, it's locked in heaven. Alcoholism runs in my family. I remember the day as a young Christian, I was dumb then. The pastor said, do it, and we did it, and we didn't argue with them. But now everybody uh, wants to argue and uh, hypothesize and, and uh, you know, debate theologically with the pastor on things. Back in the day, man, when I was coming up, I was just ignorant in the Lord. And the pastor said, You just have to take authority over it. Okay, I'm taking authority over it. You have to put a stop to that generational curse. Okay, today I'm putting a stop to the generational curse. What was I doing as a young teenage boy? I was taking it and I was locking that that alcoholism. I'm telling you what, I don't have that vice. I I have two brothers that died from alcoholism, one that's a recovered uh, alcoholic. I have an uncle that died from alcoholism. My grandmother burned her body so bad. She was so drunk. She didn't even know she was on fire. Today. It stops. In my family. That's not my heritage. Somebody's got to get the keys. That Jesus gave. When you and I take authority over things in our life. Pastor Rife, you, do you have anything wrong in your world? More things that I care to stand up on this stage and even admit. I got, I'm telling you what, every day I get out of bed, there's the hot, breath of the devil himself on my neck lying to me telling me what he's gonna do in certain places in my life and you know what I'm doing I'm like not today I bind you foul liar I bind you devil I bind 
that lie that you're trying to get me to buy into. Yes, I see the evidence of it. Yes, I see that it looks like you're telling the truth, but you don't ever tell the truth unless you have some uh, alternative uh, in mind to twist the word. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I know there's evidence to prove what you're saying is true, but I know it's a lie because I know that's not God's will. I know it's contrary to God's word. So I I don't care what the evidence looks like right now. I don't, and that's what we got to do. We got to get off of that evidence stuff because the evidence, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence that you cannot see, not the evidence that you do see. It's the evidence that, you know what? No, 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 not today. That is not how I see my world. I know in the natural that's what it's looked like, but I've got to see in faith, and I've got to believe, and Shay and I, we are big into making declarations, and, and sometimes you make a declaration when there's no proof of it. You know what I'm saying? The nat natural man wants you to have to see proof and then state you, well, you don't need that. It's right there in front of you. But faith is looking at a situation that is not yet what it needs to be and say, I declare peace over this situation. I declare favor over this situation. And then you start filling in the blanks. And what you do is you, you say words and, and you're like, what you have to do, you have to overcome that thing inside of you that goes, but I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't feel like that's true. No, it is true. Because when, oh Jesus, when you begin to make declarations of things, you are speaking those things that are not as if they were, Scripture tells us. That's not Rife saying that. That's Scripture. We speak of those things that are not as though they already were. Why? Because they are already in heaven. You know there's no perversion in heaven, right? You know there's no addiction or alcoholism in heaven. You know there's no sickness in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. So when we begin to speak those things that are not as that are not as though they were, what you're doing is you are unlocking in heaven, on earth, but as you unlock it in, uh, on earth, in heaven, God is like, you heard them, you heard them. Now, we've, we've messed that up. Y'all know that, like, uh, some of y'all probably don't even know this, but back in the day, they would call people of faith, uh, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. Because we would, we, you know, we would abuse some of it, and some of it was just misunderstanding. But there is life and death in the power of the tongue. There is life in declaration. There is life when we begin to say things that are not as though they were. And we are created in his image. So he's a creator. You follow me? If he's a creator, what are we? We're creators. Yeah, we're creators. You don't believe we're creators? Was Steve Jobs a creator? Is uh, Jeff Bezos a creator? 
They're some of the wealthiest men in the world. Why? Because they had an idea that came from God. They may not even know that it came from God. But the scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. There's no gift that comes that does not come from God. You and I don't have original ideas. They already are manifest, uh, are originate in heaven and they manifest in the earth. And they, they got an idea, whether they knew it was from God or not. They implemented and created technology that did not exist. And it made them the, among the richest people on the planet. When we use our words to create, we speak words, we speak declarations. And as we're speaking those, God is creating here in the earth. So Jesus, what does he give us? He gives us the church. And then he gives us the keys to the church. But look at this, man. This, this present is so cool because it comes with action figures. There's teachers. There's, there's apostles. There's evangelists. Oh, man, this is so good. There's prophets. So to operate the church, all of these little guys, he gives us the people that we need in our life to mature us and bring us to this place. I want you to look at this. Ephesians 4.11 says this. It says, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Here's the thing about this. Not everybody wants an apostle. Not everybody wants a pastor. Not everybody wants a teacher. Well, most people want a pastor. You know why? Where are you at, little pastor? Here's a little pastor. Oh, people love prophets too. As long as they prophesy a good word to them. Yeah. No, I don't. No, we're going to lay him down. Nobody wants apostles. Don't try to teach me nothing. And uh, evangelists, well, you got to have an evangelist. That's the first way you even come into this whole thing. Everybody wants a pastor. Why? Because pastors take care of me. Pastor, I got a spiritual hangnail, pastor. Can you drop everything and come over to my house and fix it? Get the toenail clippers and clip it for me. Everybody wants a pastor. Pastors are the ones that take care of everything. Everybody wants a prophet. Oh, tell me a word until the prophet starts putting you in line. I, oh, I don't keep that word. Give me another word. Can I go to the back of the line and come through again? You know? But God gives us all of these because we need every single one of these to make the church operate in a healthy way. And the scripture says that all of these gifts that he gives to the church are to bring us into a place of maturity. Now, remember when I talked to you about my aunt, who's the church hopper? Well, she, she can't hop churches no more because she's up in heaven. <laughs> there ain't but one of those. But my aunt, you know, that was the church hopper. 
I've talked to people, and it's like, so where do, where do you fellowship? Where do you go to church? Oh, I go to this church sometimes, and sometimes I, 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 I'm going over here. I'm like, <clears throat> so where do you call your church? Where, where's this thing? What a church to people, and I'm just around a lot of people. No, 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 no. Everywhere in the world, there is a location where you meet. There is a longitude, latitude spot on the planet where that group, whether it's five people or ten people. And can I just tell you, if you in a group of people and you ain't got these, oh, come on, Jesus. If you hadn't got these, you know what you in? What are you in? A Bible study. A small group or a cult. (laughs) It may be a small group. It may be a mega church. But you better have these operating in that fellowship. But where do you go to church? Where's the local spot that you call? That you've got one of these over you. Or one of these over you, or one of these, or one of these pouring into you and caring for you. Well, you know, <clears throat> Bill Johnson's my pastor. No, he ain't. Do you go to Bethel Church? Oh, Bishop Jakes is my pastor. Does he know your name? Then he ain't your pastor. He's a celebrity guy on TV that you watch. I watch him sometimes too, but he ain't my pastor. You know why sometimes we don't want these? Because, and we can't stay in a place? Accountability. We need to be told what what areas of our life aren't lining up with the word. We need to be brought back into alignment when we are out of alignment. And when you're not connected to a local church, it's so easy for you to just do your own thing. Find one instance in Scripture, one that supports that theology, that ideology. It doesn't exist because when Christ came and he gave us eternal life, he gave us the church because that's how we operate in this earth until he comes When he comes back, what is he going to be looking for? The church. He ain't looking for people over here all over the place doing their own thing. He's coming back to a place that people are meeting with kingdom purpose, that are unlocking and locking things with the keys to the kingdom, that are operating under the five uh, uh, gifts of the, the offices of the church. That's what he's coming back to look for. And that's why he says in Matthew 25, 40 and following that there are going to be people that said, but Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? And Lord, didn't I do this? And remember that crusade? I was over there and that thing over here that I was doing. And he's like, I don't know who you are. Like, do, do we know each other? Do we know each other? He's looking for people who are Really wanting to do this thing. Look at what Holy Spirit gives us. What does Holy Spirit give us? So if we're looking at Holy Spirit. 
So inside of here, there's nine of these things. Oh, there's miracles. Okay. Now, I'm down for this. Anybody down for some miracles? There's miracles. Let's see what else we got in here. Um, oh, uh, do, uh, do we really need this one? Tongues. That's just weird, man. It just weirds people out. I've literally had people at Destiny on our team to say, Pastor, we probably need to start thinking about not having this gift. Like, it just weirds people out, Pastor. We're not going to grow a church that way. Not going to grow a church that way. Let's just put this one back here because we just can't do that one, you know. What else we got in here? Knowledge, yes, because I know it all. Uh, Interpretate, oh no, interpretation and tongues, those go together. Let's, that's just weird, man. Let's don't do those. Wisdom, mm, I got so much wisdom. Don't you love it when somebody wants to come give you some wisdom and they won't ever sit down and be up under somebody else's teaching? Hi, Pastor. I'm sorry, this keeps falling out of my pocket. Hey, Pastor. My name's Prophet Isaiah. How are you doing? You want me to come prophesy at your church? No. Mm -mm. I don't want you prophesying at my church. I don't want you prophesying to nobody in my church family. I've literally had people to tell me that they were on mission sent from God. And asked me, could they come here and have a place in our pulpit? And I said, no. Because mm -mm. I'm the shepherd of this house and I'm responsible for the sheep that God put in my care. And some of the stuff coming out of your mouth is crazy. Not only that, like, I don't know you like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have a relationship with you. There are times when people will come into your life and they will begin prophesying. And when they begin to prophesy, something inside of you will leap towards that person. Are you following me? First time I ever met Isaiah from uh, Kadiri from Nigeria. I met him. And I went into the meeting like this. Thank you, buddy. I went into the meeting like this. I'll just keep it. I went into the meeting like, hmm, I don't know you. I'm just going to see what the Lord does. And when he began to speak, something inside of me just gravitated towards him. And I could feel my spirit bearing witness with him. So you don't have to know everybody intimately to let them prophesy in your life. And we begin to walk out to the car that day. And as we begin to walk out to the car, he said things to me that no person knew. He said things to me that 
Only God and I had had those conversations. God gives us Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit gives us these gifts. Healing. Everybody wants healing. There's people in the house today that you need healing. What else do we have in here? There's nine of them in total. Faith. What else? Discernment. Oh, my God. Prophecy. Discernment and prophecy. <clears throat> I'm telling you what, if the church could just operate in this one, 90, well, I'm telling you 100% of your problems would be over. 100% of your spiritual tax you would, you would be ready for. But the church does not necessarily want discernment because, listen to me, sometimes when you come to walking in discernment, you're going to have to crucify your flesh. Because your, your flesh is going... Let's talk about it a second. When in your spirit, you know what you should be doing. But your flesh is over here saying, hey, hey, come on now. Is it really that bad? Come on. It's just me and you here. It's just me and you. Listen, I'm telling you what. If we will operate in these gifts that Holy Spirit gives to us, this is what gives us the ability to walk in the fullness of victory. Where are you on your victory meter? Like on a scale of one to two, do you feel victorious? Are you, are you at an eight or nine? Are you at a two or three? Because I'm just telling you if, you, if you don't feel victorious, then I would ask myself, God, where am I in the gifts that God has given to the church? Because Holy Spirit, he gives us these gifts. And I want you to listen to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this in verse 7. It says that the spiritual gift is given to each of us. Like there's nobody in this room that is giftless. I've had people to tell me before, well, I, I don't have any gifts. And I'm like, stop saying that. You know what you're doing? You've believed a lie of the devil. You know why? You know why they thought they didn't have a gift and they were one of the best servants? They still are. One of the best servants. Serving. Serving is a gift of Holy Spirit. The reason that they, because they wanted this gift. And God didn't give them that gift. They wanted the microphone gift. Oh, I just want to. Man, there are so many gifts that I want. Like, <clears throat> if it was up to me, I'd be, I'd be preaching to you and playing that thing at the same time. How ridiculous would that look? I'd be preaching and I'd be playing the guitar and the piano with this one. I love those guys who are so talented, but I didn't get those abilities and gifts. But God gives us these gifts. Every person, you have a gift. 
And it might not be the gift you want, but it may be the gift that God gifted you for your assignment. That your assignment that the Lord is giving you, a microphone is not going to help you. You need a hammer for your assignment. Or or you need a computer for your assignment. Not an instrument. Just a different kind of instrument. Gifts typically come in two categories. Wants and needs. I'm telling you, there are some gifts up here that God has given us that some of them we want and we're open to. But some of them were not. Like, I'm serious. People get, they get upset with me when I talk like this. Y'all can get upset. I don't care. Whether you're on TV or whether you're in here today. And I don't mean that to be a jerk for Jesus. But when somebody tells me, Pastor, Aren't we beyond this? Pastor. Let me find it. Pastor. Do we have to do this in church? Like can't people just do that in their own little small groups? My friend, that's when we start having a conversation about where can we find you a church that you fit better? Because the Bible I read says Paul himself is saying these things. And he's the apostle that Holy Spirit chose to talk to us about it, not through any of the other Biblical writers, but Paul is the one that God chose to instruct us through these. And it says, I I pray in these more than any of y'all. The crowd that he was talking to at that day. He's like, I pray in these more than any of y'all. So I'm not putting this down. If you pray in these and you do it in public... This one's got to go with it because it don't make sense to nobody. And these two equal this one. If y'all want to just skip these two and go straight to that. But he says, you go read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 or where he lays out all the gifts and how they operate. And he says, but I'll tell you what, whatever you do, do not suppress this he didn't say don't suppress prophecy he didn't say don't suppress miracles he didn't say don't suppress interpretation he didn't say don't suppress he said y'all don't need to suppress this y'all don't need to suppress this Sometimes this is the only place that we can go. Come on, somebody needs to hear me in this house sometimes this is the only place that we can go that the devil don't know what you say in So when you begin to pray in your heavenly uh, language, you know what? It's like you can go to a place in warfare that nobody else can go. The enemy 
And I'm not trying to put this out there to fear because when somebody told me that, it made me fearful to start praying it, to to pray in um, uh, English or whatever your first language is. But it made me afraid because I'm like, man, everything I'm praying, the devil knows. Well, you ain't got to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about putting your stuff out there because God's not given us a spirit of fear. And at the end of the day, who cares what the enemy knows that you're praying? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's against you or in the world. But there is a place. There is a place that you can go in prayer. And it's that secret place of your prayer language. And I'm telling you what, it's like, you, oh, we opened a can up today. We opened a six pack. It might as well be a keg because it's fixing to be a powder keg that's going to explode. A dunamis power keg. And you begin to pray in the spirit and, uh, and Holy Spirit is praying. And it's like, oh my God, I just see things flashing all in front of me going so fast. Holy Spirit's praying so fast at lightning speed. And you know you've entered into a place of prayer that the enemy ain't nowhere around. Nowhere around. It's a place of power that we pray from. But I'm telling you what. Why did God give us all of these? Because we need all of them. We need all of them. And it's not about, guys, what we want and what we need. Because if you operate and I operate just out of a place of what I want. There's nothing wrong with. See, daddy God is the kind of God that he gives us the desires of our heart. But I'm telling you what, when you have made him savior... When you have made him Lord, and when you have made him king, your desires become different desires. Paul says it this way. He said, you know, there was a time I was a little boy. And when I was a boy, I craved boy things. And there was a time I became a man. And those little Tonka trucks, they don't get me excited anymore. I moved on to man toys, you know, like big trucks, big cars, big things. You know, I'm just using it in the, in the natural. But Paul said, There's, I, I operated as a child in one area of my life, but now I'm operating in a different place. And there are some things that we have to realize that my wants are no longer selfish wants. My wants have a kingdom purpose. You know what? Shay and I have a dream, a vision of being debt free. Why? Well, so we can go to Barbados and we can have a boat and a car and three houses. No, it's, no, no. Freedom that comes in a greater degree of blessing. We want to be debt free. So, so you see what I'm saying? I used to have a desire to be debt free because I didn't like bills. It's totally different. The motive for being debt free is different now. It's to be a blessing financially so that I can give. 
when I don't have a house payment, I'll take that house payment and roll it over into something else to be a blessing. I'm telling you what, there is nothing, there is no blessing. If you've never experienced this, there is no blessing to go into a store and go, I'm going to buy this today for whomever. It's going to be a blessing for them. And I can buy as much as I want and whatever model I want. And I'm not looking for the best deal. Pastor Rife, everybody likes a good deal. Yeah, but most of the time it's because they're cheap or they ain't got enough money. But wouldn't it, it, I'm telling you, it's nice when you can walk into a store and you can go, yeah, I don't really care how much it costs. Most people don't think that way. But you do, you know who does think that way? Jeff Bezos. People like Donald Trump. People like, uh, uh, who's the Microsoft guy? Bill Gates. Those people, they never walk into something and go, let me see if I can afford this. Let me see, how much is it? You got a cheaper model? Never. Why? Because they have come to this place of blessing and that's where God wants us to get where our blessing our our desire to bless is so great that we don't even have any wants but we have to distinguish right now where there's wants that we have and needs that we have desires of your heart what are your desires what are you wanting right now Pastor Rife, I just want a new car. Okay. Pastor Rife, I just want to be rid of this sickness in my body. Okay. And then there are needs that you have. Most of the time, we don't want the needs. If I can draw it into an analogy for you, like when I was a kid, every time, every time, my aunt came to visit at Christmas. I know what she's going to get. She's going to have me some matching little shirt and pants. Oh, but I loved it when my other aunt Evelyn came because she's going to have all kind of cool toys and candies packed down in that package. Of the two, one was a a need. She knew I needed it because I was one of seven kids. And then my other aunt spoiled me with things that I really wanted. Out of those two, I wanted the, th- the very thing that I didn't, that was the m- least of value to me. What are the things that you want and what are the things that you need? This is where we're going to end it. I'm going to ask, uh, I don't know what I did with my little clicker. Oh, it's in my back pocket. So how can we apply this today? This is how we can apply it, guys. Receive the gift that God has for you. I can't tell you how many people that they're never going to know the fullness of what Holy Spirit has for us because they're not open to receiving the gift from Holy Spirit. Do you think that God, if this truly represented his gifts to us, do you truly think that he would put anything in there that's evil or bad for us? It's all for our good because our God is a gracious gift giver. 
And everything that he's put, like literally everything that I went over with you today is all things that will help us live our very best life now. You can go out and buy Joel Osteen's book today at Barnes and Noble if you want to, your best life now. But I'm telling you what, it's right there. It's right there if we will just receive what Holy Spirit has. And I'm going to tell you how you know. This is how you know that you've come to a place of maturity in Christ. When you say, God, I want everything you've got for me. And I do not put any restrictions on it. Because people will come, God, I want everything you got. But do not make me look stupid. Well, I'm just telling you what, what if God gives it to you and it's more than you can handle in your body right now and your body is overloaded stimulation wise and you just drop out on the floor. Now, I ain't ever seen one single person that's just, nobody falls out. Have you ever seen people just go down in the Holy Spirit? Just Holy Spirit just, just overloads their senses. I've never seen a single one of them. Y'all, I'm fixing to lay on the floor now. This happens about once a month, I'm just saying. I've never seen any of them go down like this. I mean, they'll be falling and they're like, oh, you know, uh, wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus, you know, and, and, and then they're getting the little blankets to, to put over them. Because there are just times where you have to just say, God, whatever it looks like, it looks like. God, whatever, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it, whatever I have to give up, God, I come to you to receive everything you have for, for, for me, and I don't put any stipulations on it. I don't ask you for a house and then say, I'll use it for you every third Saturday of the month, every other quarter. You use it when God tells you to use it because when he's Lord, it's his anyway. Just receive. Come to that place today where you just say, God, I'm ready to receive all of you. And I put no stipulations on you, God. And then pick... Pick a need. Make yourself a wants and needs list. God, I need this. And then, God, I want this. There are some things on my want list, guys, right now that I'm praying for that I don't know that it's necessary that I have them, but I want them. And I'm waiting for the Lord to see if he's going to give me that. Sometimes God does not give us what we want because we need something different. But what are your wants? I'm telling you what, I ain't going to try to shame nobody or single nobody out. But there have been times that I've been standing in our sanctuary and somebody's pouring their heart out to me for a husband or a wife. And I'm like, well, then start what you want them to look like. Because I don't know anybody that wants an ugly husband or wife. God, just give me an ugly one. You know, make sure, nah, -uh. I want her spiritual, but Lord, she's going to have to look good. At least to me. Nobody else maybe thinks she look good, but she's going to have to look good to me. When I turn over and wake up, whoo, Jesus. You know, I, nobody wants that. 
So what is, what is it that you want from the Lord and you start being specific about it? I'm telling you what, I'm te- Pastor Rife, you just make this stuff up. I don't. How many times do I tell you I don't stand on this stage? We came from Atlanta, Georgia. This is back in 90, uh, 2000 or something like that. When we moved back here from Atlanta, Georgia, I took a $35,000 pay cut to come back to the job that I was ministering at here. Shay, she's like, we're going to look for houses. And she's like, I want a marble entry. I want a grand entry. Like when you walk in, like I don't, I don't just want to walk into like the kitchen or anything. I just want, you know, like just this grand entrance. And I want like uh, my own walk-in closet. And, you know, and she has, has this list. And I'm like, are you out of your mind, baby? Like, I've got, to, I've taken $35,000 pay cut to come back to this area. Because I was on kingdom assignment, by the way. And when you're on kingdom assignment, you don't come based on price. So, anyway, come back. So, I'm just sharing this with you, and we're fixing to go, I promise. So, I think she's out of her mind, but she's got her want list. And I'm over here on the need list. I'm like, if we could just find us a little trailer on the backside of a cow pasture, because y'all know us, Baldwin County, we're moving to, right? <laughs> From Atlanta. <laughs> I'm like, just go, Lord, give me a place to live. I would even take the outhouse out back, you know. But give us a place to live. We had a guy to meet us, and he said to us, I don't know if we knew this guy at this point or not. Maybe we did. I can't, I can't remember. But he said, I want to show you a house I've got. He said, I need to sell this house. It's been vacant for one year. I've done all kinds of things to bring upgrades to it. I mean, it's a brand new house. Nobody ever lived in it. Custom built. He said, I've sodded the entire yard, big old yard. Normally, they just sod the front and maybe a little on the sides. The backyard does not get sodded. He's like, I sodded all of it. I've built, enclosed the back porch area. It's an extra bonus room, yada, yada, yada. And um, we walked over or, or drove over to the house, got out, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. There ain't no sense of us even getting out. And Shay's already like, ooh, I love it. I'm like, mm, come down to earth, woman. Like, calm down now, because you know we ain't buying this place. And, you know, we get out. I'm talking. It's like, oh, my gosh. Open the front door, and it's like grand entrance, marble entry, every, everything is like on her list. And it's like I'm try, I'm, now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to tell her that we're not getting this house. But she over here in faith world. I'm over here in reality, you know, but she's over here and calling those things that are not as though they were. And she's got her list out, you know, and she's ticking off her, her little list and I'm just ticked off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the guy comes to us and he says, listen, I'll sell you this house for this price. And because it's you, which reminds me that we did know him from our previous time living here. He said, and because it's you, 
I'll take an extra $10,000 off the price of the house. I'm telling you what, it's a huge faith builder to know that God cared about what Shay wanted on her list. Thank God God didn't listen to me. Because we'd be living in a trailer on the backside of somebody's pasture going outside to potty at night. But God listened to her want list, her specific needs, and came through for us. And God is going to do that for some of y'all. So as we kind of wrap up, I want you to stand with me. And this is what I want to ask you to do. Guys, would you please apply this? Because there's a blessing in heaven that is waiting to be unlocked. And this key right here, if it had a label, it would be no restrictions. This one, the no restriction key, it only unlocks the things of God, the richest fullness of his blessing when you use that key. And that key says, I'm going to use this. And it's unrestricted. I ain't placing no restrictions on you, God. And I'm going to receive this gift. And I'm telling you what, if you'll just say, God, I receive you. With no restrictions on what it looks like. It's a powerful prayer and it only works if you really make it. And some of y'all might not be ready to make that commitment today in this room. But somewhere, someday, sometime, you're going to come to that place and you're going to, these words of mine are going to resonate in your, in your heart, in your mind, and in your spirit. Pastor Rife said, I got to receive it and I can't put any restrictions on it. So I got to be totally open to, to whatever God wants it to look like. And when you get to that place, my friend, God will begin to open doors for you. God will begin to connect you with the right people. God will begin to... Uh, give you a prophetic word and you wasn't even looking for a prophetic word but he's like you got a word for that woman over there man lord i wasn't trying to get i know but it's you today and then when you pick these needs and wants take them before the lord but have you ever given anybody a gift and you know they need this you know they need it and you've given them that gift But then you've gone back maybe six months, a year, or however long later, and that gift is still in the box, and they've never touched it. That's how many of us are with the things of God. He gives us these things, but we do not use them or steward them well. Steward well what God is giving us today.